Hello, listeners, and welcome to COVID Coffee Chats at UCalgary, a podcast brought to you by the Taylor Institute for Teaching and Learning. My name is Maya Anderson, and I'll be your host for this podcast. I'm a grad student in the Workland School of Education, and I'm interested in finding out more about teaching and learning during COVID-19. I feel like we all have incredible stories and insights about how this pandemic has changed our lives and how it's changed the way we teach and the way we learn. So each episode, I'll chat with a UCalgarian and get their take on what teaching and learning has been like during COVID-19. And perhaps if we share these stories, we can learn a thing or two. So pour yourself a cup of coffee and enjoy the show. So with me this afternoon, I have Angela Judge-Stasiak. She is the Field Education Coordinator for the Faculty of Social Work. How are you doing this afternoon, Angela? Hi, Maya. I'm doing really well. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. We're glad to have you on here. So can you start by giving us a brief introduction to who you are and what you do at UCalgary? Absolutely. So I am one of the members of the Faculty of Social Work field education team, and our team is responsible for placing hundreds of students every year in their field education practicums. So it's the final component of their degree, and it's the place really where they're going to realize what they learned in the classroom in a practice setting of some kind, and it ranges greatly what that's going to look like. Um, And there have been a variety of constraints and challenges that have been happening in the world of field education as we see kind of a growth towards experiential learning in higher education. So my role is to help students welcome them as they study with us to start thinking and planning ahead for their career development and their field education, to work with our partner agencies and our students to secure those practicums, and then to follow them through until completion. And so that includes supporting our teaching team that work with the students. often they'll need consultation and some teaching and resource support. And so I have the privilege of working with the provincial team so we can troubleshoot and work together and imagine ways to help students be the next generation of social workers. Wonderful. Wow. Sounds like a very busy and um, a very busy job that you get to do lots of different things with. So that sounds like it's a, it's fun and engaging and lots of things to do there. So what, in terms of COVID, how has that impacted what you do and how you organize the field education? What a wonderful question. And I think that we never would have anticipated where we were um, in March of 2020. And so we had students, hundreds of students that were currently in practicum and then about 160 more that were in the wings waiting to go out for spring. And we had to go entirely remotely. We had to mobilize every single field placement that was in progress or that had been secured to remote learning. And some students were already studying online and familiar with technology. Some agencies were as well, but I would say the vast majority were not familiar with technology. They were not using Zoom or Teams. And they were really using that human service element of connecting in person. And so we had to pivot very quickly um, to ensure that our accreditation standards were met. And so we have five practice objectives that govern every practicum. And we want to see synthesis and integration of what they've learned in their program. So we had to work as a team to create a pathway for students. And so certainly we supported students who couldn't continue or who had family pressures with children and all the things that were going on with caregiving responsibilities. 
But what we did is we forged a way forward through a previously piloted practicum called a self-directed practicum, which is supervised mm -hmm. by a social worker. And we were able to allow students to kind of mobilize to respond to the community. So our faculty really stepped up and there was some pretty intense research needs and students were able to get direct practice experience through that. But they were also able to look at what was available remotely in the community for outreach to whatever population was requiring some support and to create resources and knowledge um, during the spring and summer. So it was a very devastating time for a lot of students. Um, you know, it's the end of the program, as I mentioned, and you kind of have your heart set on where you're going. And, um, you know, social workers were on the front line. So they were dealing with being redeployed and then they had to wonder what does this mean for my student and can I support them going to this online model? So we took over that responsibility as their faculty. We were super lucky. Um, so myself and my director of field education, Lorraine Letkman, we had actually piloted um, this type of learning or this method of learning in the previous year. So in 2019, so we had a model with which we could expand mm -hmm. and offer to a lot of other students. So had we not have laid that groundwork, I think I would be having a very different conversation with you right now. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so the students, were they actually in placements at the time that we had to do the pivot? Absolutely. So they were majority, um, almost entirely on site at a physical agency. So whether it was, you know, a community grassroots organization in a hospital setting, an agency setting. Um, and there were some students that were doing research, but that still involved meetings or meeting people in person and on site, even if that was on campus. And so we, they were entirely suspended with, you know, very little notice because we went into an entire lockdown um, and we only had time to process those students that were currently in and have them exit in a good way while we were trying to what do we do now with 160 students waiting to finish program and what does that mean and we had five weeks to do both um, wow <laughs> that must have been quite an intense time for you and all of the students Absolutely, absolutely. Our whole team, we had Zoom fatigue trying to meet and wade through all of the different information, um, support our students through what was an incredibly challenging time, and to work with our educators, right? We had to support not just the coordinators to advise the students, but everyone that was going out to teach and mentor and supervise these uh, social workers, we had to support them. So yeah, it was a wild ride. <laughs> Absolutely. So what were some of those things, those, some of those strategies that you tried to do to support either the students or instructors or service providers? Really good question. So often it was an individual consultation with either the students or the agency to see what could be possible and to give them some examples of what other folks were doing. Sometimes all they needed to, do, to know was that other people were doing this and what using and they could look at that. In the case where it just wasn't possible to continue, we would then assume working with the students. So we very quickly created resource guides to direct students to where there was amazing professional development opportunities. And then really just getting them to use their skills as social workers, right? What's happening in your community? What's going on? Who needs support? Um, and where can you help out? What does that look like while you're staying off site? Um, so we created a lot of different resource guides, um, documents, and then we held a lot of information sessions. So we called them kind of FAQ 101s. And those were open to whoever needed support and whoever needed questions. And so that included our field team as we were kind of the ones uh, providing support to everyone else. 
and then certainly to the students and to the people that were teaching our students. So it was a mixture of using that relational accountability that we focused on in social work using technology. So telephone and Zoom primarily, and then making sure that we had good resources so that people could kind of in a crisis see their way through and, and have meaning. At the time, of course, when people are in crisis, people can't really articulate very clearly uh, the aha moments or the transformation that happens. But we did take space to do a post-term debrief. And we heard both from educators and from students how amazing it was. And that even though things were very frantic and not what they expected, that through the use of social work supervision, they had space to, to think about not just their practice and what their role was, but how social work was really being manifested in the pandemic and the social inequities and injustice and um, vulnerable populations that were really needing support and service. So it was pretty beautiful, but not easy. And I don't want to minimize the pain and suffering that kind of was part of it too. Mm -hmm. So how did you, did the the students receive all of this well, or what was their reaction to um, having to pivot? (laughs) I'm just laughing because it's mixed, right? Because people um, personally also had very um, serious things, whether it was with their own personal health, um, you know, COVID has taken so many people from us. So whatever they were dealing with in their personal lives then was compounded by their, their, their professional training lives. Mm -hmm. And um, we haven't been in this situation before. So there were, there were people who were very upset, very unhappy people who didn't want to continue and wanted to wait till a time that they could do it differently. There is sometimes a misperception that being in person um, is more valuable than doing other kinds of work in social work practice. So sometimes just that misconception can make people leery about that. And then really there's just a capacity issue, right? So if you think about you're so close to the end or you're almost ready to graduate and then everything changes and now you have to really wrap your head around what does that mean and how do I do this in a meaningful way? Um, you know, that was why we offered so much support. And so definitely for the students that started in spring, I would say the first three to four weeks were not an easy ride. It was not a positive temperature check on the conversation. Um, And then we got there and they were moving forward and they had a plan. And the beautiful part about this kind of practicum is that they're in control. So they get to choose what they're focusing on, where their skills are coming from. And that's pretty powerful. And then the agencies that were able to keep our students, but kept them remotely, they were just so thankful to have an extra, um, you know, human capacity. They were able to have other people to work with and to mentor those students. So when it worked in an agency hosted setting, we were happy to see that continue too, but that wasn't the majority. Wow. Yeah, I can imagine how how challenging that time was. So for the fall term, are people now in field experiences as well? They are, for sure. So we have hundreds more students, um, and we did offer the option of directed in case students had their own health concerns or, you know, worried about school and whatever that looked like. Um, We did actually see, um, because we were kind of reopened, especially in Alberta, and we have students studying with us from across Canada and the world. So, um, you know, it's a different context locally, but we did see a majority of placements take place on site for fall. And so clearly, um, you know, the local announcement that just went out and this work shift to working remotely has some pretty significant implications because the work is almost done to secure the winter practicum. So we'll probably be able to make it through in a good way for fall and stabilize mm-hmm. that and make sure everyone got received the learning that they require 
but now we have hundreds of confirmed placements and some coordinators were focused on agency hosted because that's what our community wanted. So what does that mean for those places now and for those students? Um, we don't know, we don't know. And you know, the only thing I would say that's to our advantage is that if the plan was already there for these students and the agencies have already had to kind of make plans for working from home and physical distancing, social distancing, we should be able to make the transition a little bit easier than we did in March because every one of us had been learning from everything. Um, but people are stretched, including our students and our community partners. And sometimes it's just one more thing that becomes very overwhelming. Absolutely. So are there things that you're doing to kind of mitigate all of that um, extra stress and pressure right now? I think for our team, <laughs> not necessarily. And I can see the weary and the fatigue in us as educators, as teachers. Um, you know, we're just doing everything we can to accommodate and to make sure that we just uphold all of the many expectations that are there for us that you know the the learning objectives and the quality of students are learning hasn't gone down but there's so much out of our control so we can't control you know what the government decides and what the pandemic does and we absolutely can't decide what our students need or want and then the agency partners their capacity or otherwise so you know, the one thing we can say is that every term, as we go through the supervised self-directed practicum, we make it more robust, it is stronger. We've recently been part of a publication to kind of disseminate the model and to share it more broadly with others um, across Canada. And so that model is likely the only option that we will have because there isn't a shortage of volunteer opportunities or research opportunities, but there certainly is with all of the constraints right now, a certain, a, a shortage of, you know, entire practicums. Mm -hmm, absolutely. So um, uh, is there anything kind of positive that's coming from this that um, is working better than it did before the pandemic? I think, you know, the trust in the process. So we're really onboarding people and letting them know that in the beginning, because they're the ones, you know, designing this amazing learning plan, right? And so the model includes supervision, it includes indirect and direct practice, and the student really is driving that. And so for many of us, that's super different, right? How do I, I'm, I'm the CEO of this, what does that mean, right? But they are um, both with a group of peers and with a social work supervisor. So we really just focus on the kind of front loading, letting people know that this is normal, that there's ambiguity in the beginning, um, and to make sure that they engage with their supports, their supervisors and their relationships, and they'll be okay. Uh, our resource lists and our lists of opportunities for students have increased. And certainly just the knowledge that our faculty has that students are available has grown. And so that really does help. Um, and I think just the testimonials from the students, when they come back and they say, this is what a difference has made for my community, for my career, for my practice, that's the, that's all we need to hear, right? If a fellow student can say to you, this was it, this helped me, and this was a really meaningful experience, and they can share what their transformational points were, then we're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of learning from each other's successes and, and really building off of those and also that kind of being comfortable with the discomfort in the moment. Absolutely. And, you know, the research for years has shown us that supervision is the most important piece of any practicum. So whether a student is frontline in front of a family in a hospital or whether they're working on a research project to increase um, supports around mental health in a community, the supervision piece is where the dialogue happens, right? So students can talk a 
lot of boxes. They can do a lot of different things, but what does it mean? What did they learn? And now how is that impacting who they are and how they are in the world? And that is really um, the cornerstone of the self-directed practicum. And it gives people um, really opportunities, not just to learn from their social work supervisor, but the peer community is very diverse. And so everyone's working on different things and, you know, webinars or trainings or even volunteer opportunities are kind of organically um, just, they grow ideas together and inspire one another. And that really is at the corner of what social work practice is all about, right? Increasing connection and capacity and being there right there with the student in self-determination for what they want to learn and what they want to focus on. So I feel pretty excited about it. And that's what keeps me going, I think, through all of these interesting ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good way to put it for sure. <laughs> so moving forward, what do you hope will change or and or continue? I, I think what would be really wonderful, two things, I think. It's amazing, and I think we've already done this because we've had no choice, but to continue to see the self-directed supervised practicum be one of the options for students. So when they're looking at how they complete their practicum, that it is normalized and recognized and elevated to be as valuable as some of the more traditional placements that are out there. Um, Our team did some work a few years ago to recognize that there is a shortage of placements, that we don't have enough social work practicums for students, Mm -hmm. and not all students are going to get the same practicum experience. So having this as an option is necessary beyond the pandemic, and it was necessary before the pandemic. So Mm -hmm. I look forward to that. And we have amazing leadership in the Faculty of Social Work with our dean, our associate deans, and our field director, and they are on board and really just um, supporting us in the ways in which we need to offer field education. And it includes traditional ways, such as having students be on site or in agencies. And then it also allows this other pathway or a combination of both, which is beautiful. And I think we all have work to do. You know, students kind of come into the program with an eye on the prize they want or what kind of social work practice they, they deem as being valuable. And then there are social workers out there who value one type of social work over another. And I think as a profession and as a student body, we have a lot to learn about, you know, what is meaningful learning and what creates a a really strong graduate student. And we've done some neat looking into, you know, computer-based simulation and ways to offer training for students, such as some of our other faculties in nursing have done. And I think there's some really neat ways to kind of create not a standard or similar experience for all students, but to create some equity among the field placements and to elevate and to recognize that this type of learning has as much meaning as the other. They're just different and they Mm -hmm. come out at different times for different reasons. Excellent. Well, I won't keep you too long, but is there anything else that you'd like to share before we go? I think it's just wonderful that you're having these conversations you know, everyone has had such a different experience. Um, And the only other thing I would say in closing is that I don't think I've ever been put under so much pressure in my career or my life. And my team, I would say the same. It was a very challenging time for all of us because we don't just do our work. We have families and roles and responsibilities. So I hope that we continue to be kind to one another, to take good care of one another. And it is amazing together, the things that we can do to create quality educational experiences when the world kind of turns upside down. Wow, those are some great words to to close on and 
things that we can definitely learn from and, and take in and hopefully all put that into practice. Thank you so much for meeting with me this afternoon. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much. Well, folks, that was my coffee chat with Angela Judge Stasiak. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It was really interesting to hear what it's been like to support and coordinate field experiences through this time. And thank you to you for listening. For more information on the project, visit the website at covidcoffeechats.ucalgaryblogs.ca. And if you'd like to connect with me, feel free to email me at maya.anderson at ucalgary.ca. Take care and see you next time.